0: this is Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And this is Get the Funk Out. Today, I'm in conversation with Winnie Sun, also known as the Wealth Whisperer. Winnie is one of the most followed financial advisors on social media today. She has more than 17 years of experience in the financial services industry and serves on the CNBC Financial Advisor Council. And she earned a spot on the Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list. She's been selected as Investment News' 20 Women to Watch and is a frequent speaker at national events, appearing on CNBC's Closing Bell, Fox Business News, and Cheddar TV as a market commentator. She's also a regular contributor to Forbes, NerdWallet, Influensive, Money Tips, Modern Mom, and so many more. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Winnie's son. Hi, Winnie. Hi, how are you, Janine? Fantastic. Thanks for taking the time to call in. I follow you on Twitter, as I just mentioned. What I'd love to do first is find out a little bit about your backstory. I, I always love to you know, ask guests, tell me how you got to where you are, because I don't know if that was always an interest of yours.
1: So as a financial advisor, yes, so the question is really good because I never thought I would be in this situation <laughs> doing what I do today. Um, it was the last thing on my mind because I didn't know that a financial... I didn't even know what a financial advisor was. Wow. And, yeah, really, I I thought I was going to be maybe a teacher, maybe an artist. I Mm -hmm. love to draw. That's great. But, you know, I I really kind of stumbled on this profession sort of by accident, because like many of you, um, when you're sort of growing up, you know, you have this dream that you're going to go to a great college, and from there you're going to take on the world. And so really... I, I just figured if I went to a good school, everything would figure itself out, and I got into a great school, and I remember um, all getting excited about what I needed to bring and who I was going to see at school, and mm-hmm. just a few months before starting college, my parents pulled me aside, and they were I could tell there was something noticeably wrong. I mean, my mom is like tough as nails, and okay. yet she came by, and she looked all sort of sad, and I said, what's wrong? And she said, well remember that real estate project we invested out in Claremont? I said, yeah. And she says, well, some of the partners had to declare bankruptcy. So we're getting pulled into bankruptcy. So we can't send you to that expensive private school up in Northern California. Um, You're going to have to, you know, pick something else. Okay. And I said, okay. So I ended up uh, attending UCLA. Great. And, um, and, you know, unlike a lot of kids who were just excited about going to school, it wasn't just about going to school and paying for school, it was also about helping my parents keep the house. Sure. So as soon as I got to school, started getting work, started getting internships, and um, stumbled into working in television, and then uh, eventually somehow got uh, recruited to work at Smith Barney. And that's really how I became a financial advisor.
0: You know, I'm going to back up because the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I feel like we learned so much from going through a personal, professional funk, and for you, it made you super resilient.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, and I'm so grateful for it. I think, I love the title of this show. I mean, I think the funk is, in so many ways, sort of your superpower. Right. So, I, I look at my own kids now, and I hope they go through a couple funks, because, it makes us so strong and so capable and I think more relatable too sure
0: it's like saying to somebody I hope you're always happy you know I, I always want you to be happy well mm-hmm. we learn so much from the unhappy moments There are deep deep lessons that make us stronger and maybe find out something new about ourselves right you know exactly so um, how w- tell me what you do now because you
1: do so much Sure. Well, my my day job, my regular sort of profession is I am a financial advisor. I work with clients of all walks of life, um, from the first up-and-coming investor to, you know, the multi-million dollar um, Fortune 500 company type of business. And we help them really manage their money so that they can do what they do best, so they can focus on sort of their dream and know that their money is being well managed for them. And then, uh, in addition, re- the reason why you probably said i do so much is because mm-hmm. um in many ways we're like a multimedia entity now so i am on um i am on the c n b c financial advisor council i'm yes. the regular money person on goods a l a and um and I write for forbes i've written for Fantastic. Forbes now for almost five years and Yeah, we do a ton of social media. and I think what we realized, this is about like five, six years ago, you know, business has always been very good, and we've had a very successful financial planning practice, and it felt like if we really cared about the others, that we would give out a lot of the financial advice we're giving on a one-on-one basis with our clients. Mm -hmm. We should actually um, do our best to give it out more readily and openly to the public. And that's really what started all this uh, social media work that we've done. And now, I guess I've been ranked the uh, most influential female in the financial industry on social media. I saw that. That's exciting.
0: (laughs) Your parents must be so proud. They have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> and that's good. <laughs> that's probably good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So uh, lots of questions I have. One, so let's say, you know, we're here on the UCI campus, and I feel like when kids are younger, they should, like, I didn't learn how to balance a checkbook till later on, and it was not a good thing. I. What mm-hmm. are some things you think uh, college students should learn or know by now being, you
1: know, in college on their own? Sure. Uh, Well, I I think the most important thing is obviously having a checking account, having a credit card, your own credit card, so you build credit. And the the second thing is really to, when you get your first job, I don't care if you're making like, you know, $2,000 a year put something aside for your future, because I remember I was 19 years old, and the uh, I had an accountant friend, a, a friend, as a father a friend, and he says, Winnie, go get your booty over to the bank and open <laughs> up an IRA. Well, part of that advice was great, so I did open my IRA up when I was still my teens. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, I would say, you know, you should definitely consider opening up an IRA, either yourself online, really simply. We have this really easy way to do it called um, savingspie.com. You can do it online. It's really cheap. or you know you can find like a financial advisor, maybe your parents have one, or just do something so that you can start saving for your future because um, I think the process of investing when you're younger is a lot easier because you you're not using as much money and you're lear- you learn investing by investing. Right. So I always think those are sort of key components. Get that credit score, so get that credit card, really know how to use your credit card and do, use it smartly save a little bit for retirement, and make sure that you stick with the golden rule, which is you don't lend out money. Um, And, you know, be very mindful of how much you have. And it doesn't matter if it came from mom and dad or you, don't lend out money. I would also say don't max out your credit cards. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, you know what? That that I think in most cases that's true. I'm really big on utilizing credit cards for good, and what I mean yes. by that is like travel points and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I have a sort of a little. I guess it, I say it's, it depends on the person. Sure. <laughs> yes.
0: But like if you're a mm-hmm. college student, you see, wow, I got a twenty thousand dollar limit. Hmm. Oh. I wow. think I'm going to buy that Honda scooter
1: and <laughs> and <the> this and <laughs> that. I know,
0: because you could land in a
1: huge financial funk. And what do you do if you mm-hmm. end up in that? Oh, and it's so true. You know, um, I actually live very close to UC Irvine, so I see your fancy cars over there. But it, it's so funny because I have a good friend, and he got his contract for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And um, his story is so funny because he told me, he said, Winnie, I went to the bank to try and get a credit card. And because I didn't have much credit history, they gave me a credit card with like a like a balance of $200, which, which makes me laugh when you're talking about a credit card with $20,000 balance. I mean, yeah. that is true. I mean, you've got good credit, and you have the means to pay for it. Then these things happen nowadays. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, I want to talk about your background because you were also in the entertainment industry. You owned and operated mm-hmm. CH, CH Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, tell me
1: about that. So, in, so while I was in college at UCLA, I started. A, I started working at a TV show called *Jones and Jury*, mm-hmm. and I worked as a page. For those of you who are familiar with television lingo, yeah. that basically is the person that walks the audience member from the audience to the the restrooms all day long. So, Whoa. the least, the least glamorous. Exciting, profession. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, anything to make some money to pay for school. Yeah. Um, and so, from there. Um, I worked there for a while, and then the producers caught wind of me, and I got put on other shows. I started working on American's Funniest Home Videos and other shows, and one of the producers at one of the larger shows pulled me aside and said, Winnie, you know, you're really good at this. You should consider starting a business, and if you do, I'll send you my shows, and I'll send you all my daughter's shows. Wow. And so, yeah, so like I was in my early 20s. I was like 21, 22. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And started a business. And then I started moving and booking television audiences. I had contract with contract with Americans' finest home videos and multiple shows. I was moving pe- thousands of people per week, wow. and so we were at the time I sold the business. We were about the second largest in the United States. We were huge. Amazing. Um, yeah, I was a voting member of the Emmys. It mm-hmm. was it was good times. All before the age of twenty-four. Phew. Mm-hmm. That you know
0: what? That's a great lesson, though. I feel like. You di- explore different opportunities. You don't know where they're going to lead you. Uh, do you feel like those experiences helped you where you are now? Because I feel like everything
1: adds to where you yes. are now. Oh, I agree with that so much. I think, because I think, you know, I th- people always say, well, you're, you're a natural at social media. You're natural on TV. You're natural at this. And I think nothing's natural, but all that training, watching people, watching the talent on stage, you know, work the audience, get them to respond. That was all training that you, you don't think about until you're older. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it um, makes you,
0: it, it's like another form of training to feel comfortable, as you said, interacting with people
1: and speaking mm-hmm. in front of I mean,
0: look at you, you're, you know, on CNBC. Would you ever imagine?
1: Well... Yeah, I never imagined because I was a kid in school who didn't speak until high school because I was so shy. Really? I'm still an extreme introvert. Not like a a regular introvert. I mean, off the charts extreme. And I could give you stories. Unbelievable. um, Yeah, and the first time I was on CNBC, to be honest with you, I was terrible. And I remember them saying to my um, publicist, well, she looks the part... And she knows her stuff, but there's something wrong with her speaking. And um, really? I didn't realize it at the time mm-hmm. until I went through, you know, multiple speech therapists and this and that. And the, the reason was is I finally learned is because I spoke Chinese before I spoke English. Oh. So I was speaking Chinese. <laughs> oh. And I had, to, I had to figure that out all by myself. <laughs> I, could, I spent so much money with these professionals that couldn't even tell me what was going on until I finally figured it out all by myself doing Facebook Live. Oh, this is what they're talking oh, about. funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, I feel like you have to embra- embrace your
1: uniqueness because, it, you know, we don't have to be perfect on TV. Well, you know, now they're much more, you know, now TV shows are a lot more flexible. Yes. Um, but yes, at the time it was still very much, oh, you awful. Know, Look this way, but sound another way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. How nerve-wracking. You know, and it's so interesting to hear you, of all people, talk about how you're an introvert, because um, I know from my own experience, I would get very anxious with public speaking, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's something you you have to work at all your life to just become more comfortable and not get so worked up and
1: hear your heart pounding through your skin. Oh, yes. it's, It's so funny because... My husband laughs all the time because, um, like, for example, we have a lot of people at my house because mm-hmm. my husband had, comes from a big family, and they come over and they eat and whatnot. Yes. I actually have to go into the back room and just lie there for, like, 10 minutes at a time to decompress because mm-hmm. it's, like, sensory overload. Yes. So I'm actually much more comfortable on stage in front of 10,000 people than I am in With a group own of, like, like, 20 people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because there's, like, that there's separation. But... But yes, I mean, I think, you know, it was really that sort of rite of passage where I realized I was tired of um, not, I was tired of being so shy and not being heard, because I knew that I, I knew I had something to share, but I just had to work through it. And it was all, it was all something that I personally had to go through, you know. You know, this is a very
0: important lesson because there's the Winnie son that people see, Winnie, on social media. (laughs) And then there's who you're sharing now. And this is extremely relatable because it's a very tough thing. I know my daughter, my younger daughter, has gone through anxiety issues with, you know, giving a presentation. And and it's something that, um, you know, I
1: try to explain to her that even adults go through. Yeah, and you have to make a decision. I think, you know, I tell my kids this all the time. I said, you have to decide if you want to do this, and no one's going to force you. But if you're like me and you wanted to, but you just felt like people are looking at you and were watching you and judging you, then that's one thing. If you absolutely don't want to do it, no problem. But if you're like me and you want to do it, you just couldn't figure out a way, yes. then, you know, there are ways to do this. I, I think the easiest way is really to um, use Facebook Live and just watch yourself. You can even do it so that people don't see you when you're speaking on Facebook Live. Really, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You can set it so the only person that sees it is yourself. Okay. You can set that on settings. But I, I think nowadays, like when my own kids, um, we practice every presentation they have. Like my oldest is only in fourth grade, but okay. before he goes to any presentation, now we do we record him about ten times. You know that week before, okay. and and I I I teach him that way of public speaking because I wish that I had known that when I was younger because it would help me and yeah and so he's he's perfectly comfortable now and I think it's easier when you're younger. That's um, great,
0: a great technique because I remember being um, sixteen and finally understanding that preparation for me was everything. When I wasn't prepared, I'd be a nervous wreck. Right.
1: Yeah exactly, and yeah, and, and, and also you have to learn your, your facial and how you move, because mm-hmm. that gives you confidence too, because when you like what you're seeing, that other people will respond well, and then you know, all these things nobody teaches you.:
0: <laughs> It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know I want to share a funny story. I was living in Boston years ago, and I decided to take a voiceover class, okay. and I had met this older actress. I went, I went to Syracuse, and mm-hmm. sh- this older actress said, "You want to do voiceover?" After this luncheon, we were at the Four Seasons, she said, do you see this woman's name? You call her, I want you mm-hmm. to call her. You have to promise me you're gonna call her. Go take mm-hmm. a class, she's amazing. Because okay. I didn't like what I was doing for work. I was in corporate training and development. So okay. um, I called her, I enrolled, and I remember going to the class and there were a lot of anxious people, And the teacher was wonderful and she pulled somebody aside and she said, I want you to read this commercial for Clorox and come up in the front of the room. And the woman was nervous. She says, but I don't have any experience. She said, that's okay. Just give it a shot. So the woman did it. She was shaking. So then the teacher whispered in her ear. We had no idea what. Mm -hmm. And the woman giggled and she says, I can't do that. She says, yes, you can. And the woman went skipping around the room, swearing every other word in the commercial copy. Until she was (laughs) laughing and she was herself. And then she said, Now come back up in the front of the room and read the copy again. Uh And it just made her like let it all out. And, you know, it was great.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Isn't that ridiculous? But it worked. It it totally works. Whatever works to get your true self out, because I think you would agree. And this example that you gave is perfect. Is when you finally feel comfortable in your own skin, you truly become invincible. Because really, we are our our own barrier, right? Yes. Like our full. I was like, you know, you know, for those of you who who watch the Lego movie, mm-hmm. they always say you gotta reach your full potential. I'm such a believer in this, like Ninjago, yes. like depending on which Ninjago you are, (laughs) like once you figure out who you are and how you can truly show your full potential, Mm -hmm. like literally nothing can stop you. You can pretty much be Elon Musk if you want to be.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So what do you do, Winnie, to take care of yourself? Let's say you are in a bit of a personal funk, something's going on. What, What kind of things do you
1: do? Well, I'm very fortunate because I have really good friends. So in those moments, what I'll do is I literally will pick up the phone and I will reach out to one of my, like, my lifeline friends and just have a conversation and just, like, literally vent. My team's really great for that, too. I think um, – and, just, and I, I have, like, some trusted partners, like, really smart people that I've relied on for, like, 20 years that I'll reach out and I'll just hash an idea with. And then once I do that, I pretty much knew the answer, mm-hmm. but I just wanted someone to, like, listen, sure. you know? Yeah. So for me, that's really been the, what keeps me going in addition to everything else I do. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I would say 99% of the time always happy or just optimistic that's because awesome. I have a very open yeah, a very open thought process. And I'm fortunate because I have a big social following yes. too, so I can always reach out to them. Like, let's say, I, like, I was really frustrated uh, two weekends ago.
0: Okay. What and happened? so I
1: just went on social media and carved a question and then got responses, and it helped me, like, sort of release my anger for that situation That's good. really quickly.
0: <laughs> That's really good. Mm-hmm. I know because you don't know what you're going to discover until you kind of share it. And, and then you get these ideas and realize, oh, okay. Gives you perspective. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what advice would you, would you give to people um, that perhaps either want to go into the field you're in? Mm-hmm
1: well, you know, <laughs> those of you who want to go finance, good luck. It's, it's not an easy <laughs> – uh, and, I, you know, I, I laugh at that because I talk to a lot of young people when I talk to them about finances, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but if you're you you know you're passionate about financial planning, I think it's a wonderful field to get into because there's a lot of people that need it. I think you have, to get, you have to get realistic about the industry because when you first start out, it's really mostly sales and less so about the financial planning until you get good at bringing in clients because with – Without clients, you can't really do your financial planning magic. Um, But I think whatever business that you go into, I think the most important thing, and people talk about this all the time, but I think number one, find a big company that gives you credibility, especially when you're younger. Suck it up for three years. Something that someone told me, and I'm a firm believer of this, is when whatever you do in life, your first job, make sure it's a good one, and then work like most people don't for the first three years of your life and you will live like most people don't for the rest of your life. So the first three years, you've got to be working. I don't care what it is. If you're a doctor, if you're an attorney, if you're a financial advisor, if you're an engineer, work like, like a crazy person, right. like you're so passionate. And literally that did. That absolutely worked for me. I worked first three years, like nobody's business, actually the first five years. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, I'm, in a, I'm sitting in a situation that most of the people my age are not. So That's I have fantastic. a lot of freedom now. Yeah. It's like you
0: pay your dues. You work really hard and mm-hmm. it'll pay off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Any uh, last bit of advice you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, I would say that if you're listening, that' fantastic. This kind of programming is amazing. I wish I had heard, had this opportunity when I was going to school. And the, the second thing I would say is to really think about building your social media presence for for business purposes, for your brand purposes, not just for social making friends, but think about like your, like your what you want potential employers and connections to think of you. So really hone on that now because people always think you have – you have more time. And I'm going to tell you right now that the true cool facts is those of you who are not working right now, you need to go get yourself a job because you are behind. And I, I mean that sincerely. Right. Um, it will make a big difference come, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. So you just touched on
0: something, branding, social media. How can people
1: learn more and how to brand themselves? Oh, there's so many great tools out there. But I think the the easiest thing to do is to figure out who's doing it well and mimic them. So, for example, LinkedIn would be the place I would start with, especially since you're in school, Mm -hmm. and figure out what profiles um, sort of speak to you What profiles would you love to have? What do you hope to achieve with your profile? When an employer looks to hire you, not only do they look at your website, or not your resume, Mm -hmm. but they look at your LinkedIn profile really quickly. So make sure your profile has a great photo, has a great bio, has some endorsements maybe from your professors, maybe from other people who know you. So it's strong. So you look like the obvious choice amongst the 500 resumes that come in for your job choice, and then I would start to move on to other serious platforms. Like Twitter would be a great one. Instagram is great, but think about how you're going to do that. Make sure you you don't have photos of you partying and I know. drinking alcohol and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that will come back to bite you. You bet. Maybe not now, but later on. Yes, mm-hmm. I was going to say
0: be really smart on social media because. Someone I was just listening to speak over the weekend says, I, you know, I can find everybody on social media and I can mm-hmm. form my opinion about them. Mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: i have i have a three token rule number one uh number one is no politics no religion number two is no alcohol of any type so do not even be i don't care if you're holding a glass of apple juice it looks like it could be alcohol don't mm-hmm. don't use the picture and then third um try to share only positivity because the world's already kind of ugly and scary as it is so you know make a positive contribution absolutely where can people find out more about you uh, well, the easiest is on Twitter, and I'm at Winnie Sun. And actually, if you look for, and then Facebook is Winnie Sun Group. Everywhere else is just Winnie Sun. Fantastic. I want to thank you so
0: much for calling into our studios. Oh, it's such a treat. I'm so grateful that you had me on. Oh, my pleasure. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.